Hello, I'm Phil Crompton. Welcome to the I Did You Can podcast. This is a podcast series that asks people to tell us about their lives now, their life at 14, and what's gone on in between. Today we're joined by Jerry McNamee. Hello, Jerry. Hi, Phil. How's it going? Doing well, thank you. And you? Oh, very good. Very good. It's, it's good being a lead at the moment, but we'll explain that later. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that'll crop up at some stage during this. <laughs> So, I think it would. Let's just get straight into it. Hmm. What's your life? What What do you do? How do you earn your money? I'm a I'm a housing development consultant, and a lot of people say, "What is that?" And I say, "It's anything you want it to be." Basically, I, I worked in the social housing uh, market, and um, I work for housing associations. Now I deal with land. I bring land and uh, development opportunities to housing associations, and uh, put deals together and basically build social housing and um, earn any commission I can off that. And to deliver a scheme might take one year. Some schemes take seven, eight years, but uh, it's, it's, it's an okay job. It's, um, I work for myself, got my own company, work from home, and uh, I, can, I can work around whatever other life things I want to do. So it's, it's a nice position to be in. So do you work across the country or spe- specifically to one area? No, it's it's pretty much national England. Um, we're doing anything from Suffolk to the edge of Wales, some in London, right up to Carlisle. Um, not necessarily always have to visit sites. Um, Technology is really good these days, so uh, it's I can I can do it from home. And of course, in these times, we had to improvise and do lots of meetings online. But that turns out it makes makes it a better use of time. So. Um, it's all in all, it's it's not really affected the the recent uh, the COVID situation hasn't really affected how I work. So that's how you earn your money. What else do you do in your life? Because I'm, I'm guessing it's not all about work, is it? No, um, as you well know, Phil, I'm a, I'm a big sports fan. I'm a big football fan. I'm a I'm a Leeds fan. I follow Leeds home and away. Um, I follow Ireland. Um, I love my sports. Like keep keep as fit as I can, play football when I can. Um, I'm 57 now, so I'm slowing down. So I probably shouldn't be playing, but uh, I still do. Um, I've got two sons, both grown up, both both flew the nest. I'm divorced. I've got a partner now, so uh, we don't we don't uh, we live in she lives in Manchester. I live in Leicestershire. So I'm, I'm bouncing around the country at any any one time uh, during the week. So yeah, life is good in that way. And as as I said before, I, I can structure work around what I do. What sort of holidays do you go on? Uh, well, I've got, got a place in Spain, which I've invested in. So I never thought I'd ever want to go to the same place all the time, but love it over there near Alicante. Um, going on lots of football trips. I've been to Luxembourg recently, which was nice to get away with the Irish team. Um, I'd, I'd like to try it. I've been to Australia. I've been to America. I'd like to get back home to Ireland. If there's a if there's a trip there, I'll I'll give it a go. So uh, I'm. I like just exploring, I like cities, like lying on a beach flat out, you know, following sport. Um, I'm not fussed. (laughs) So I think it's fair to say that whilst you you seem to enjoy your work, you wouldn't describe yourself as a workaholic. I don't think I would. You know, I'll do, I'll I'll knuckle down when necessary. But uh, I think the nature of it is and how I work it. It's, um, I can get it done in in the time I need to. You know, 
this week, for example, there seems to be a deluge with meetings, whereas other times it, it can be quite quiet. So um, it, it, it works it works well. And uh, I, do, I don't feel under pressure. I'm quite privileged in the position that I'm in at the moment. But as, as we're going to talk, it takes, a, it takes a journey to get here, as we'll talk about. So, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm looking forward to hearing, help, helping the listeners to explore that. So let, let's go back to when you were 14. Where were you? What was life like? I was brought up in South Armagh. I, I lived in the border. The border actually ran through my front garden. Um, so right spot, bang in the middle in the 70s, early 80s, in, in the Troubles. It, it, was a, it was a dangerous place, I'll, I'll, I'll say that. But still, it was home. Um, I went to secondary school, St. Paul's in Bestbrook, just outside Newry in County Armagh, County Down. And um, yeah, I was, I was a normal kid. I, I was a bit shy. I was I was noticing girls. I was I was into sport, um, but always aware of what was going on around. You know, you, it would never surprise you to see a soldier sitting in a ditch as you're walking to school in the morning, or, or stopped at checkpoints. That was just the way of life. But um, it was home, and uh, I didn't know any different. And uh, once you're careful, there was lots of other stuff going on. But um, I was I was a normal schoolboy as you, as you as you could be over there. Did it affect your life in any way? Do you think being brought up with soldiers sitting in ditches? It probably did. Um, I sp again, I suppose I'm lucky. My parents were very protective. You know, a, a young boy growing up in Northern Ireland, I'm sure there, there was lots of worries. I had three older sisters. Um, I suppose you're, you're very aware of, you know, you, you don't have the freedom. You know, when you live over here, you can go for a walk in the park, you can go up the fields and go around. You couldn't do that over there because it was dangerous. It really was dangerous. There was stuff going off. So um, there was there was that element of it, and I suppose you're a bit more sheltered, a bit more careful, and a bit more worried. And I can't imagine for my parents it must be a very worrying time with with uh, young kids around. Um, but but I don't think it affected me. It give me it, it give you good values, I think views on 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 the world, and I think a balanced view as well. I think I, again, I put that down to my parents. I guess the church would have been quite important, would it? Yeah, the, well, the church was there. I think the church was just something that you did. You went, <clears throat> excuse me, you went to mass. Um, it was in the schools, you know, Catholic schools, everything else. You're, you're indoctrinated. And, and the church really, you know, ruled Ireland. And, and we know that wasn't a, it wasn't a positive thing. But we, we just <laughs> we just went to mass. It was just things you did. You just thought, well, I go to mass. I, I do this. I believe that, you know, and as you as you get older and as you get wiser and the wider you question all these things. But, yeah, a lot of times you, you go to church because your, your mum and dad wanted you to go. And it's just a thing you did and everybody did. And and uh, I'm not sure we were always paying attention. As, some, as, as somebody once said to me, saying a prayer, I said, how do you know the words words that I said? Well, I don't always know the words, but I know the tune. <laughs> so it's it's it's, it's grown up as an Irish Catholic, I think. Yeah, it's, just a alive. Yeah. Push your mind back to to what it was like when you were at school. Did, did you mm. enjoy learning? I did. I think uh, you go through phases. I remember. Um, I, I, funny enough, I bumped into my old headmaster from primary school when I was back home a year or so ago, and it's things he taught me. Um, about fractions, you know, rhymes, and they're still in my head. And I thought he was a good teacher. At different times, you know, there was teachers were could be a bit more. Um, how should I say this? Forceful in in the way that they taught you. But I, I learned a lot. And in secondary school, going to the big school was it was a big move. And uh, 
I, I think in second year, I always remember second year, it was, a, it was I, I just didn't enjoy it. I mean, my mother was ill at the time, which, which sort of didn't help. But as, as the years go on and you mature, I, I enjoyed school, yeah. It, it was, uh, I, I learned, I was, I, I was clever enough, you know. I think, uh, I think at school, it, it was aspirational. And some people seem to, I often thought about this, seem to get pushed to do A-levels, to do 11 pluses and everything. And some didn't. And I think I was, in, I was in, the, in the latter. You know, you weren't really university, A-levels. wasn't really something that we did. And, um, and you weren't pushed. And I suppose that's, that's something probably I, I you know, would, would look at if, if I had the time over again. Did you have any dreams? <laughs> I wanted to be a footballer. I want to play for Leeds United. I want to play for Ireland. Um, and I think you come to a stage you're about 12, 13, you think, I'm not sure this is going to happen. Um, <laughs> so uh, I think you just want us to have a good life. I think when, when you're out and about and you're with your mates and you're out nightclubbing and all that, you, you sort of, you just, I think you just want to earn a living and uh, have a few quid in your back pocket. And I, I just, I just wanted, I, yeah, I just wanted to live life, have a good job. Um, and, you know, Trying to do that in Ireland wasn't always easy. And it, the uh, Jerry McNamee at fourteen, how, if we're, we're gauging your, your level of confidence. Zero, yeah. I mean, you had none. Ten, you were just full of confidence. Give yourself a mm. number. Uh, I would say a three or a four. And uh, any, I remember going to a school reunion a few years ago, um, and nobody sort of remembered me because I was so quiet. <laughs> And I think if anybody knows me now, they say, that's, that's ridiculous. You'd never shut up. You know, you're the one who's, who's always got the smart answer and everything else. And so I was, I was, I was very shy, very quiet, a late start in that sense. But I was just quiet, you know, not, not, not in bad, just, yeah, I was shy. I think it was, well, let's, let's set off on this journey then to um, the Jerry McNamee of 2021, who would rarely be described as quiet. Um, yeah. what, what happened after 14? Where did you go from there? 14, well, got to 16, did me uh, GCSEs, me O-levels, that sort of um, dates me. Um, and I left school and my dad was in the building trade, so I just generated into the building trade. I became an apprentice bricklayer and I, did, I served my time for four years. This would be 1980. And um, I think mean, Ireland was on its knees then. There wasn't much work and I remember... I served my time, I was about 1984, and I was, it was difficult to get work, and it started to dawn on me, Ireland's not going to work for me, and I've seen a lot of people leave, and a lot of people going to England, Australia, America, and um, it, it dawned on me, in 1985, I took the plunge, and I left, and I went to London, and um, I stayed three weeks and came back, because I was homesick, uh, but, and I went again in 86, stayed six months, and then again in 88, and I I never went back and um, England, you, you come to England and there's a, just so much work. It was, you know, in the building trade, 10 jobs lined up. Accommodation was always difficult, but there was a network of Irish people over here, new people, you always knew someone and uh, I knew some lads from home were all over here and um, yeah, I was working and you just settled down and I'm, I'm in the building trade over here and making a few quid, but um, still, still not fulfilled, I think. Did you feel comfortable when you came over to England from Ireland? It was it's it was difficult. You miss home because you didn't want to leave. You know, I, I definitely didn't want to leave. I, I remember um, that uh, Saw Doctor's song N Seventeen. If anybody knows, it's about leaving home where the grass is green, and that always that always 
the leaves a lump in the throat and there was leaving I, di I didn't want to go everything was there that i wanted at home and uh but before you know it you're here each six months a year you meet somebody before you know you you've got two point you've got two kids and um you, you've settled down and uh you, you think you all your friends are all over the world and now uh, you think well where um this this seems to be working had you become talkative at this point i uh, probably yes yeah i think uh, i've definitely come out of my shell um a bit more i was and still uh, building still in the building trade in the building trade it was hard work and i always thought you know what i i could it was great trade but i thought it's hard work i, I i'd rather i'd want to do something else and it was silly things like you'd be going home from work and you'd be covered in dust and everything you see people in offices and i thought i could i could do better than this but how do i do it and that was that was the conundrum and i'm i'm sort of sitting there probably 1990 91 i'm thinking how do we do this and then a crash came in the building trade and uh i thought i gotta try something else and my wife at the time she was in worked in housing she said well you need housing's a good uh, job to get into and uh i said yeah i've got o levels but try as i did i couldn't get a job so i thought i need to get office experience so how do i get that so i ended up working uh for william hills the bookmakers <laughs> a natural progression you know building houses now is taking them away from people not really but but um and I, I i trained up as a shop manager and that was that was an experience you know working it was it wasn't hard work but uh you, i tell you what dealing with the public that they're they're the worst people in the world the public especially in mountain shops and i worked i worked there for three years i got held up twice um uh, I, I learned so much about the human psyche um and it was it I mean, we, can't, we can't just gloss over the fact you were, were held up how did that feel you got people turning up with guns or knives or what, 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 what well you're always told and i think any betting shop or bank will also you, you manage your money make sure there's not a load to give to them i just said there you go lads there's the money yeah don't uh don't point that gun at me anymore go on take it away <laughs> i'm not a hero and uh, it, did, it did affect me i remember a couple of months afterwards watching crime watch and there was showing a robbery and it, it freaked me out a bit and i thought oh that was that was that could have been dangerous so um but you know it's it's a good story to tell if nothing else now uh, yeah certainly so there you are you're working in uh for william hills three yeah. years what happened after that you've got a young family at this point yes so uh, yes at this stage i've got a yeah i've got my oldest he was uh 94 so he's one or two and i thought i've got to do something else so it was further education so i um i did a, I, I went to de montford and i applied to do a hnc and, and housing studies and i got in and i was wow and uh i i really felt i would my first day i arrived i remember there was all, all sorts of other housing people who worked in housing and i felt totally in, inadequate i thought i shouldn't be here and i remember there was there were everybody was put in a category there was people local authorities some housing association developers and then there was four of us on one table we were a and other you know because a couple of us weren't working in housing and after a while i realized some of these people were getting their course paid for and they're a bit you know slow on on delivering assignments and everything else and i'm thinking hang on a second i'm getting my assignments in but the first assignment i got back um the the tutor said what why are you looking a bit fed up i said well i got a d and he said you idiot that's distinction i thought <laughs> what <laughs> Just, and i was I, I i was blown away i thought well, I, I I thought this was rubbish. She says, no, it's really good. Could start. I thought, wow. And from then on, it that it gave me so work doing the, the course gave me so much confidence. And then we got to the end of two years and 
it came up with anybody want to do an MSC, BSC, and I thought, well, I'm here. I might never get to the stage again. Well, MSC, how hard can it be? You know, and uh, I went and I, I got my degree um, a year later than I should have, but uh, it's, I was I was doing my dissertation and a, a certain tutor of mine who was supposed to be mentoring me, when I went to show them my dissertation, they said, it's all the wrong format. And I said, well, that's what me, my mentor told me. And it turns out my mentor was a raging alcoholic and <laughs> told me all the wrong things. And, you know, and when I left that office, when I was a parking ticket on my car, and I thought, Jesus, what are we doing? And I said, right, I'm going to have to knuckle down, pull this apart, do it again. And lo and behold, I went and got my degree and I thought, I'm in and applied for jobs, got a job in the housing corporation, which is the government, Quangos used to call them in the olden days, and they were the people who fund and regulate housing associations. Got me a job in there, and again, I thought, wow, I've got my own desk, a computer, and everything, and went from there. And I just I just kept going for jobs, thinking, I haven't got a hope for this, and I seemed to be on a good run and got them. Um, I did two and a half years at the housing corporation, got a job at the council, Leicester City, did a year there. And, and then I, I went and worked for an Irish housing association. And that was like getting it out of my system, you know, it was helping the Irish people. And it, it was weird because I was, I was, I was their Birmingham office. And one day I would be helping an elderly person with the radiator. The next day I'd be meeting the Irish president who'd come to open the scheme. So it was, it was the wow factor. And then I went for another job at another housing association and did seven years there, learned everything. And good people learned association called Waterloo, learned loads of stuff about housing. I uh, didn't want to leave, but somebody offered me stupid money. Went for a year, and after my third day at this new job, I thought, I don't like this. I'm going to hand my notice in in a year, because it wouldn't look good in the CV. And I thought, I'm going to go freelancing. <laughs> and this was a massive jump. I thought, what? Five weeks into an eight-week um, eight week notice period, I hadn't got a job. I had two kids, and I thought... And then someone happened to randomly ring up and say, we need someone to cover a post for a couple of months. Are you free? I goes, yeah. Four years later, I'm still covering that post. And then I, it just it just materialized that I, I went, got involved where I am now. And uh, somehow I'm sitting here and dealing with land and working for myself. And it's it's just it's just sometimes pushing yourself and thinking, oh, well, what have we got to lose? It's not been a straight line, has it? No, definitely not. It's it's a mad line. But um, I think I met good people along the way and people who believe in you and even though you, you, you thought, am, am I good at this? I, I never was quite sure, am I good at this? And I'm still not. I'm still to this day, I think, well, I'm not sure, but somehow I'm doing all right. I, think, I, I don't think you're on your own. Though. I think a whole lot of people suffer from imposter syndrome, don't they? Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's it, yeah. Yeah, I think, um, do I know? And I learned at the time that you, you do the job that you know. And in my business, there's a lot of technical people, there's architects and engineers and that. And you, you, you think, well, I'm not an architect, I'm not an engineer, I'm not a solicitor, and don't try to be. But make sure you know the right people to ask on how to direct them and just ask ask the stupid question. You know, if you don't know and ask a stupid question, and if it is a stupid question, you just go, that was a stupid question, wasn't it? But, but better to ask it than not, because there's someone else around the table is glad you did. And, uh, you know, that's... Working, if, if, you, if we were talking to somebody who worked closely with you, what would they mm. say your greatest skill, stroke, talent was? Uh, I think, come back to what we were saying, I think that in the stuff I did was new business. So I'm out there talking to people, meeting people, and uh, I think the gift of the gab would come up, you know, which it's, again, totally ironic from what we were saying at the start. Yeah. I think hard working um, and yeah, I think 
I, I try to be nice to people. You always come across people who are not nice, but I'd like to think in my work career, there's not many people who, who would dislike me. Everybody wants to think that, but I haven't fallen out with many people along the way. Um, so, yeah, I think I think that people that I meet now, and the industry I'm in is very, it's very fluid and people move around in places. And I know people a lot of years and we're still good friends. And uh, yeah, yeah. one of me old Still, still sends me silly memes and everything else. So I'm still, yeah, still in touch with him. So it, it, yeah, it can't be. You're a bit, of, you're a bit of a social animal, aren't you? you yeah, like engaging with people. Yes, I think, I think I, lo I love even just people, even strangers to situation. It's always nice to know where people are from and what they are and, and what yeah. what they are. I mean, I was dealing with someone the other day on, on a call, and I tried to just you know engage. You know, it's a nice day or something. Nothing. Absolutely not thinking back. It was okay, business. And I thought, oh, that's this is hard work. I'm I'm determined to get something out of them. But it's just yeah, some people not like that. And I think you have to you have to find out what people who what makes them I think it's important. I and mean, we know if you're talking in a meeting, if you've got something to sit and talk about in the meeting beforehand that's not related to the meeting, you know, it's usually sport. You know, how'd your team get on this weekend? Oh, it was rubbish. You know, what about the rugby? What about anything? You know, you have to, to Netflix, anything. You know, it's got to be that. How's the kids? You know, and there's got to be think, that. I something. think a little, a little knowledge of strictly come dancing is helpful as well these days. Jeff. Well, no, draw the line there. I do draw the line. <laughs> <laughs> I've never watched it. <laughs> what would you say the biggest obstacle that you've faced on your journey from 14 has been? Um, it was probably um, maybe lack of. Um, qualifications had to go and get them later uh, and, and confidence you know mm -hmm. uh, it was you, you just need people to sometimes push you and tell you and, uh, and i think probably irish people in a way sometimes we we yeah it, it, it's what said the imposter syndrome you know should we be here are we good enough and and we probably are and i think people got to realize that so i think it was <laughs> i think for sure you are <laughs> yeah and it's just it's just being confident enough to, to go for something if it doesn't work i take take the hit and, and, and go again. But what did, uh, you, what did your parents do? Um, my father was a builder in the building trade all his life. My mum was it was a housewife and a hard working woman. Um, so, you, yeah, brought so up, you, you you weren't brought up in great privilege, were you? No, no. A working class environment? Yeah, yeah, I thought we were rich. You know, that's a good <laughs> sign. Yeah, happy. It was a happy childhood. Um, and did you, on, uh, did you go on holidays, Jerry, when you were a little boy? No. Well, we, we used to go, I remember we'd go to a caravan by the sea. My dad didn't always go. Um, but um, I remember he had, uh, he, we come back in the house to be all decorated and everything. I think he just glad to get rid of us for a bit. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't really go on holidays. I don't think anybody did. You know, if you, if you did, you'd go, you'd go to a caravan somewhere. <laughs> so going on holidays, I don't think, I don't think I really went on a package holiday till, like, till uh, I came to England. And uh, yeah, so, so being the fellow that owns his own place in uh, in Spain, it's it's quite that's quite a leap, isn't it? What's that's the biggest mad. decision that you've ever had to make? Biggest decision it was it was probably when I when I chucked in a good paying job and went freelancing. You know that was that was a big decision because that that could have gone either way. Me me uh, my wife at the time she was doing the same sort of work and she thought there was work out there, but for for us as, as a family at the time it was we were both freelancing and you know that people say oh you guys look at your you earn loads of money in your holidays and that and he said yeah but what if i don't get paid for three months what if i get sick you know what and, the, and i think a lot of people they don't see that element of it that you know you you haven't got a net there you know it could, yeah, it yeah. could all 
your house could be on the line, anything like that. So it's, it's um, yeah, that was a big decision, but uh, I, I could never go back now. And what, well, I think that, that says, says a lot and probably feeds into this next question, which is, what do you love about your life? What about my life? I like the, the freedom and the freedom to, to do stuff and, you know, if, if, if do a mad thing, you know, just say, you know what, we, we will have that holiday or I will buy that thing or um, or just just being able to sit at home tonight and flick on the telly and watch 10 football matches and yeah just I, I just I just like the freedom and yeah. well, I will travel down to Fulham for a League Cup match in the middle of the week <laughs> I've done worse than that I've done <laughs> well, yeah I'm really. afraid you have yeah so what piece of advice would you offer a young person somebody sitting I, there thinking yeah. that sounds like a good life I wonder if I could have a tip that would help yeah. me who could I ask Jerry I would I would say to a somebody who's doing their their uh, I keep saying O levels whatever they're called these days and A levels if you if you if you absolutely uh, have a dreadful time and your results are rubbish it's not the end I I also I was thirty when I went to university it's never too late your twenties are the times you find out and you mature if well. Nobody makes a decision when they're 16, 17. And if, you ha if, you, if you're not sure what you want to do, earn some money while you're doing it and then have a think. Go traveling if you can. Um, look at other education. Think of what you want to do. And um, you'll, you'll find your way. But don't think at all. I think there's too much pressure on exams. Yes, you have to get exams and, and uh, qualifications to go to university. But if it doesn't happen, it's not too late. Nothing too late. Everybody does it at different speeds and different times. And if you're, if you're 16, 17 and get to uni and love it, brilliant. If you're 30 and you get to university, the only thing I'll say is it's all work and you don't get any of the university life. You just have to work. <laughs> yeah, you don't do that because you're, yeah, you're, you're working hard. But, uh, and, don't, and don't feel that um, if, if you're that person who's on the course and others seem like they know what they're doing, there's a lot of bluffers out there. And you just, <laughs> just be confident in yourself and you, that you know what you're doing. And, or, or not know what you're doing, but don't be afraid to ask. Jerry, that's, that's great. Thank you so much. I'm uh, sure at least one of our listeners, and hopefully hundreds, will be thinking, I wonder if I could go on a journey like that. And that's what I did. You can is all about. Jerry McNamee, thank you very much. Thanks for the therapy, Phil. <laughs>